Hey, hey, welcome back to episode 52 of the Brand Builders Lab podcast. This week we're diving into all things side hustle. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. Awesome to have you here again. Now, if this is your first time here, I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, where we help you build a confident and bold brand so that your business isn't swimming in the sea of sameness, because we don't want that. Now, this week, we are talking all things side hustle. Now, I know that I've got a mixture of people listening to the podcast. A lot of you have already got your businesses. Others of you might be stay-at-home moms who have got a business on the side whilst raising kids as well. Or some of you might actually be in a job whilst you're building your business too. The other thing I want to say about side hustle is I feel like that word is a little bit old school these days, if I'm honest. And the only reason that I say that is because I feel like we have such diverse and integrated lives. So you could be working a job, you could be having your business, you could be raising a family, you could be into sports and doing other things or art. There are so many elements to life now that it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can choose how you decide to live, to earn money, to run a business, as well as do other things that creatively challenge you. And so I am a big believer and a big supporter of the concept of the side hustle. The other thing is that, and I've talked about this before, if you haven't listened to How I Built This by Guy Raz, then you should. And one of the things that I really love about that podcast is all of the amazing businesses that we know and love and are massive businesses today where their founders kept a side hustle going until the business was fully profitable or at a point where they wanted it to be. Uh, And they also had different projects on the go as well. So I think that it's really important to realize that we live in a time where there is a lot of choice. And I ran an event about a year or so ago ago, called The She Economy, where we talked about this very topic, where we as women have so many choices as to how we live our lives, engage in the things that we love to do, earn our money, etc. And there may be lots of different iterations. I've said before, I had a baby wares business. I've had a fashion business. I've obviously got my business now. I also head up marketing and brand part-time for a corporate. So there's lots of different things that you can do. And today I'm going to be talking to DL Sharon, who is a business coach based in the US. And she specializes in supporting women in business 
to have a side hustle. And today we're talking all things side hustle, why you might have one, uh, some of the things to think about when you've got a side hustle, how to get the time that you need to build and grow it, and some of the things that hold us back as well. So whether you are in business full-time or not, I think that there are a lot of great tips that we will be going through in this podcast interview today. So without further ado, enjoy and let's dive in. DL, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Now, we, I was on your podcast uh, not too long ago, which I will be sharing with my audience as well. And today we're going to be talking all about side hustle. Now, for those of my audience who don't know you, can you give us a little bit of background on you, what you do, what your business is, and how you kind of got here? Absolutely. I would love to. So my name is DL Sharon. Like Suzanne shared, I am a side hustle coach. I really help women in service-based businesses scale and start their side hustle. That's something I'm very, very passionate about. The way I got into side hustling was really out of necessity. I graduated from uh, my master's, my master's program. I knew I had a bucket of student loan debt. I have my master's degree in social work, which is equivalent to a teacher's salary, so I know I wasn't making a lot of money. Um, And so, I don't know if you could probably tell by my accent, I'm American, and so the student loan situation here is just really, really tough. Um, And I basically started my side hustle out of necessity. My fiance looked at me, he was like, you are gonna need to either get a second job or start a business. And I was already exhausted from the hours I was working, so I said, you know what, I'm gonna start a business. And it was tough. I did network marketing for a little bit, I did Beachbody, and that really just opened my eyes to what entrepreneurship is all about and all the different possibilities. Then I stepped into life coaching because I am a social worker and I am clinically licensed. And so I would do life coaching and that started to pick up. But then all of my clients came to a point where all of my clients were saying, hey, DL, how do you start a business? Just how do you start a business? And so I stepped into business coaching and I was really, really afraid. I wasn't making millions of dollars. I wasn't racking in the dough. I I didn't have all of the success, but I said, who am I to kind of lead these women to start their own businesses and really their own brands? Who am I to do this? But as soon as I stepped into my power and stepped into what I knew I was supposed to be doing and solving a very specific problem, everything changed to me. I signed two clients and then four, then seven. Then I just closed my first ever group program with 300 followers on Instagram. I signed nine clients, almost 10. And so so I'm just, it's crazy. I'm seeing so much power in helping other people start their side hustles for so many different reasons. Say it's paying off debt. Say it is meeting ends meet. Say it is just being able to put their kid in dance classes, whatever that is. Having a side hustle can be so important. It's very empowering. It's very fulfilling. Having direct control of your money versus, you know, a corporate job where someone is telling you what you're going to get paid. There are a lot of benefits of side hustling and I just can't wait to dive into more. That is an amazing story. I love that. And I have shared before as well that um, I started the Connection Exchange uh, quite a few years ago now, but it all started when I was helping girlfriends to build the structure around their business. Uh, over a dining room table and a glass of wine. 
So I think that there is definitely a huge movement towards it. And so you just said, I think, you know, for women to have more control over the money that they're bringing in, the fact that whether it's dance classes, paying off student debt, just having extra income, what are you sort of seeing over there in the US? Because I know that obviously there are some huge entrepreneurs over there. Is there a really big movement towards it that you're seeing even in the city that you're in? Oh, definitely. So I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is in the South, the Southeast. And yes, everywhere I'm seeing it. And, and for a few different reasons, the student loan issue in America is getting out of control. Like it's ridiculous that some people are in six figures worth of student loan debt. Wow be, you know, public school teachers, to be all these different degrees. And it, it's just absolutely absurd. So now I'm getting a little political. So I'll step <laughs> off that soapbox. But it, it's crazy. And the cost of living keeps going up. Salaries are not going up. And then another thing is, and Suzanne, we were talking about this and the idea of corporate America and what does it mean to work? And I cannot speak to various other places in the world, but in America, there is this really, there's this cultural focus of working extremely hard where you can't dictate your hours if you're salaried. Someone can tell you, hey, you need to work late and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, there are so many things where people just are sick of it. I, I see like people being sick and tired of being sick and tired. They want more income. They don't want to be in debt anymore. They want more freedom. They want more flexibility of their life. Like the idea of working somewhere for 40, 50, 60 years and then retiring and then only having, you know, the first 20 years of my life and the last 20 years of my life really under my control. It's, it's, I don't think that idea is catching on very well anymore. And so I think people really just want their own freedom. They want uh, their own say on their finances and just taking control over their lives in a whole, I would say. Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, uh, I do employer branding for large corporate organizations as well, where they try and attract talent into their business. Mm -hmm. And I have had the conversation many a time at a boardroom table saying, you're no longer competing against other businesses, you're competing against the freedom that people have to start businesses, to consult, to be freelancers, those sorts of things. So organizations actually have to step up and create more flexibility in their workforce and give, give better benefits and make sure that they're really listening to what people want from a, you know, they want more purpose. They want to work for organizations that are doing good in the world, those sorts of things. And I think that we are definitely at a stage right now where people have got access to the internet and to a global audience uh, and then being able to do exactly what we're doing uh, is definitely a lot greater than it has been in the past, which I think is really exciting. So today we're going to be talking about how if somebody wants to start a side hustle or get more out of their side hustle, how they can do that as well, because obviously that's what you specialize in when it comes to working with uh, mainly women. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Great. So when it does come to a side hustle, what are some of the key steps that you take your clients through? What are some of the things that they need to be thinking about and how do they start that? 
Yes, perfect. And so I have five steps outlined for you. I do want to ask you a question, Suzanne. We can actually go through a physical example. And so who would be your ideal listener? Who, what type of business would they have? And then we could break it down that way. Yeah, absolutely. So I do have I, copywriters, photographers, okay. um, service-based businesses usually, uh, but let's maybe take a photographer, for example. Perfect. Perfect. Love working with photographers. And so the first step would be selecting a problem. And so notice how I didn't say selecting a niche. Niche is kind of like that buzzword out there. Everyone is saying niche down, niche down. I like to refocus that and say, select a problem. What need do you see out there in the world? So let's talk about photographer. I'll talk about my own life. I am getting married. And so I have been on the search for a photographer. And for me personally, I need a photographer who's going to make me and my fiance feel comfortable because we are so stiff. When that, photog when that camera excuse me, goes up, we will become the most awkward people ever. And so that's really important to me. And so if you're even thinking about photography, what if you don't see any baby photographers in your area? Or what if you live in a very small community and there's just not much photographers so people have to pay a lot of money for travel fees for other photographers? So really looking at the landscape and make sure your service is solving a very specific problem for a very specific person as well. And so that would be the first step. The second step will then be building an audience who you can solve that particular problem for. And so what if that, let's stick with the baby photographer. What if that looks like you connecting in a few local Facebook communities? What if you have your own baby and you go to a lot of different meetups or a lot of different mommy and me classes and you just start having conversations with people and you can even introduce yourself and say, Hey, I'm a budding photographer in the area. I just, I'm starting out. I want to know what do you prefer in a baby photographer? What do you prefer in a newborn photographer? And someone could easily say, you know, I really want someone who can take pictures of my baby when they're not sleeping. All the ones I see on Instagram or when they're sleeping, I want someone who can capture them when they're not sleeping. It could be so many things, but that is how you can kind of get to know your ideal client, start to have conversations with them and really build relationships. What if you have a little business card in the back of your pocket that you made for $7 on Visa print and you can just hand it to them and say, well, great, I think I can do that for you. Here's my information, no pressure, but feel free to contact me. And just having those conversations and being relational. Sometimes in business, we forget how relational sales are. And it really stems from connections. I've seen that in my business all the time. And I'm just thinking about the group program. About three out of the nine women came from referrals, came from me being relational and serving the heck out of them. And then people literally doing the marketing for me. And so just establishing those relationships when you're building a side hustle is so important and can play out so much further as you're continuing to grow. And I think with that as well, and I think with that as well, um, when people are thinking about a side hustle, because we're really good at what we do, and marketing and networking and that doesn't come easily or it's not something that they're used to. I think that that's such a great point. It's really looking at where are my potential audience or clients? How am I connecting with them? Where am I seeing them? How am I just having conversations? Because I do think it's through just general conversations that you learn so much about 
your audience and the problem that you think that you're solving could actually evolve and turn into something else because you're talking to them and actually what you thought was a problem isn't the problem but this other thing is and so you can start to sort of move towards that too so I think that what you just said there where you're connecting with local people uh, that could be the right clients is yeah such a great point Right, right. And that, and that brings me to an example that I use. So when I was first stepping into like the business coaching space, I actually did free connection calls where I literally said, I want, I posted it on my social media account because my clients are literally from all over the world. And I said, I want to just do free connection calls. No pitch at the end. I made that very clear. And I just want to have coffee with you. I'll send you a Starbucks gift card via the email and we can just chat. And I recorded the calls and I asked some very specific questions like, what type of business do you want to have? Da, 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 da. And I found that the main thing that people were struggling with was not necessarily making money or signing clients. It was confidence. It was fear. It was all that mindset stuff. And I said, wait a minute, people are actually struggling with the mindset stuff a lot more than I thought. And so just spending that time connecting with someone before you create a website, before you sign a client, before you create a package or an offer, or feel like you have to get all these things, just sitting down and talking with people can be an amazing, amazing basic first couple of steps that you take in creating your side hustle. Yeah. And can I just say that doesn't just apply with a side hustle. Like if mm-hmm. you're like on maternity leave or you're not in a job at the moment or you're just, or you're in the business, but something's not quite fitting or you're not quite attracting the right people, having conversations on a regular basis and being really curious, like constantly being curious I think it's just really important. I think that we're, and whether you're starting a side hustle or you've got a business, curiosity throughout the life of your business is super important because things change. The internet changes, people's lives change, their stage in life changes, what they need changes. And so I just think it's really important. Things change so quickly now that we kind of have to be constantly asking questions and constantly having conversations as well. And I think that's so important just as business owners. Right, right, exactly. And people now, because the internet is what it is, unfortunately, people know what a funnel is. People know what a Facebook ad is. And that is completely okay if you use those things in your business. I'm not knocking those systems, but people can smell a sale a mile away. But when you're genuine and you honestly care about the problems that they have, it can go a long way and they will remember that. I still get messages from some people who I did connection calls with like six months ago. Like I still remember how much you just cared about what I was going through. People will remember that long before they remember a Facebook ad or a sales post or something that is just taking something from them. Yeah. I just think that is, that's such a great point. And I just think we just need to make sure like we, you know, we call it relationship marketing as well, which is, I mean, relationship, just relationships and connection is the most important thing. But yeah, we, we do kind of look at what's our marketing strategy and how are we going to get this out there and how we're going to launch and how we're going to get more clients. Uh, and I just think that connection for connection's sake is where a lot of success in business comes from. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Yes. Awesome. And so we, we can keep going. Yeah. And so the third tip would be, solving their problem for free through social media content. And so after you 
start to have those connections and starting to build those relationships and you're starting to get a little bit of a following and y'all I'm, I'm from the south so I say y'all <laughs> y'all it does not have to be 2,000 people. It does not have to be 10,000 people. Like I said, I filled up a group coaching program, a high ticket group coaching program, 300 followers on Instagram. It can be 50. It could be something so small. Start when you're small and just start solving their problem for free. So let's go back to the baby photographer example. Something you can do is, and for some reason, photographers are saying, well, I, I give a really valuable service. I don't know what I can give for free, but I actually tried this with one of my clients giving tips on how they can take pictures of their own kid can go a long way too. Or how can just baby tips on how can you take care of your little one? That can go a really, really long way. And just showing like your ideal client and the people who are on your pages that, hey, you know them, you see them, you know what they're struggling with because you did all of that relationship building and made all those connections. You're paying attention and you're here as a resource. Things can change so much in business when we just educate people, when we just help them, when we show that we're helpful and that we know what we're talking about and that we have a solution for them. And so consistently serving them free, and you can do this in so many ways, a podcast, a blog, social media content, Instagram live, Facebook live, having your own Facebook group. I would honestly pick one thing. If I go back to the example of me filling up this group coaching program, I just stuck with Instagram stories and my podcast, but really mainly Instagram stories because my podcast is kind of like running always, but I really marketed that program through Instagram stories, but I first invested and I did many trainings on Instagram stories. I would do text trainings. I would give little tips and trips throughout the day. They would see me building my side of hustle. So many different things I did to kind of nurture them and serve them and let them know, hey, I'm a resource for you. Hey, I can help your little mini problems now. And then the fourth step would be the thing we're all waiting for is eventually we create a paid offer. But the paid offer will go so much further if you directly reach out to people who you've already had connections with and offer them a further solution to their problem, saying this is what we've already done with the free content and with the conversations that we had now. Now, if you want to move further, I actually am creating this new thing or I'm creating this small offer. Would you be interested? Those conversations go a lot further if you already know them, if you've already served them, if you know specifically what their problem is. Yeah, and I think with that as well, and I've talked about it before, uh, is invitation marketing. Right. Invitation marketing through relationship building. And it's through those conversations where you can have a meaningful discussion where you ask for the sale, but it's because they have actually said to you, this is a problem I have. So, you know, we're talking and you said to me that, you know, you really, you'd love to get more shots of your kids when they're a baby and all the rest of it. And you've tried a few times yourself and I can give you all the tips, like make sure it's in natural light and maybe here are some positions and, you know, whatever it is. And then you, I say, you know something, I've actually got a, an offer on this month where I'm doing a one hour baby shoot. Uh, where you'll get this number of images. And I just thought because of what we discussed, it's something that might be of interest to you. And I think that having those conversations means that you can use invitation marketing in your business and it is authentic and it's genuine because 
it comes from a relationship and a conversation you've had in the past. Whereas, you know, you're not just kind of going, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff <laughs> as well. So I think that that's such a, uh, I think that's a really good tip as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be five people. It does not have to be 20, 30, 50 people. It can just be five people who you genuinely want to serve, who you genuinely want to help, who you really think they would be the perfect fit. And so when it is the perfect fit, it isn't everybody. You're not marketing to everybody. You're not speaking to everybody. You're not doing connection calls with everybody. You're focusing on a specific person who you feel a connection with. And when you send those invites, it's very hard for them to say no. I, I've, I, haven't, I haven't seen it not work. It's always gone on very well when it's coming from your heart and when you actually know the problem that they have and you have a solution for it, how can they not say no? And then you can do things like negotiate if it's for the price or offer a deal or there are so many other things that you can do, but really it comes from that relationship like you're saying and it comes from a little bit of confidence too and saying, okay, now's the time that I'm going to be a little bit brave, have some courage, take the leap and actually go for the ask and yeah. further to, and further serving them and further helping with their problem. And I know a lot of people might say, is this too good to be true? These tips might be too simple, but really this, this is what people are doing. If you're looking at the big business gurus, this is what they're doing. That strip all the fancy things away, strip the Instagram followers away, strip the Facebook ads away. Really, they want a relationship with us. Yeah. They want a relationship with us. And so at the bare bones, these are the steps. And then the fifth one that I think is not being talked about enough is serving them so well that they become an ambassador for you, that they then tell their friends and share about what you did. It's so important. It takes a lot of work to get to the point where you do sign the client, you do have the sale, you do, you know, close the offer, but now you got to serve them. And so I've been realizing the importance of having an unforgettable experience where you under promise and over deliver and you really make them feel like you value their money so much, you value their time so much. And it really can just skyrocket your business. Like I have a few clients that every time they see, you know, in a Facebook post, they tag me and they say, DL is your go-to girl. I don't pay them to do that. I don't have an affiliate program. I don't have a kickback for them. Just out of the goodness of their heart and out of the experience I was able to provide for them, they say she will solve your problems. And so I think it's also thinking about your client experience and making sure it's the basic things. You show up on time, you send thank you notes, you make sure you actually do what you say you're going to do. If you're going to provide a service, provide it when you say you're going to do it, how you say you're going to do it. Make sure they see the return on their investment in some capacity. It's the little things like that that can really just sign the deal and it can grow your business exponentially. Absolutely. And for those who listen to the podcast, obviously it's called Brand Builders Lab. We talk about brand experience all the time and really looking at your customer experience from end to end, if you're just starting out as well, is something that's really worthwhile doing. So really looking at, you know, when they find me, what's their experience? What am I sharing? Am I being helpful? Am I giving great free content? Um, can, is it easy for them to then link to my website through Instagram or wherever it is? And when they come to my website, what's the experience there? Is it obvious what I do or do they have to like go searching for it as well? And then once I sign a client up, 
what's that experience for them too? Is it like they sign up and then they're sitting there wondering what's happening next? Or are you giving them a great experience where you're telling them what's about to happen and what's coming and you get excited about it as well? And there's just, there's so much in there that you can do. And, uh, you know, surprise and delight is one of the best ways when it comes to brand experience. I was actually at the post office yesterday. I just finished a couple of launches uh, and I had like boxes everywhere at the post I office. Saw. I saw your Instagram stories. I said, yes, yes. Yeah, because of something, you know, um, I, I designed a mug that is branded with the course that mm-hmm. they sign up to. Now, I just like you said, it's a fairly high ticket priced item. And these things cost like so little in comparison, but mean so much. Like women that have gone through my program before, one of them was saying, because I took a photo uh, on the first day of the program with the mug saying, welcome. And one of them said, oh my gosh, Suze, I use it every day. It's a great reminder. And I just think it doesn't have to cost a lot. It's just the thought that counts. It can be a thank you card. It can be like something, you know, I love, uh, I'm a big audible listener. And so I give like speakers at my events uh, a three month audible gift, which I think is like $45. Like, and then they get three books like there's You can be really creative with things. But I think the main thing is it's the thought that counts and it's the surprise and delight factor. Like they maybe weren't expecting it and you gave them something, you know, that is, got to do with whatever it is that you're working with them on. So I think that, yeah, I love brand experience. Yes. Yes. And so we, if we go back to the baby example, whatever month they are, I feel I'm not a mother, but I feel like with every month it's like a new celebration. So their next, they're five months old or they're six months old. If you just ask them up front, Hey, what's your child's birthday? You can kind of take note of that and just jot it down on your phone. And then when it's their next month birthday, you can send them a little gift. And that would, I can't imagine what that would mean to a new mother, right? Or maybe just a little gift card for her to go to Panera. Oh, we have Panera in the States. Do you have Panera? No. Okay. Baby bunting. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little cafe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a little cafe um, for just like soup, salads, and sandwiches. There's chains all over the country. And so just getting, saying, hey, take a little trip out to the cafe on me for 10 bucks. That's all it could mean. And like you're saying, it could go a really, really long way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people just like the fact that, yeah, I bought from you, but you're still thinking about me. Like that wasn't all you wanted from me as well. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So there's two things that I wanted to pick up on that you just spoke about there. And I'd love to just dive in a little bit deeper is one is the number of sales. Like you were saying, you know, I think that we look at all of these big entrepreneurs and there is a very glorified and very like rose-tinted glass type of, you know, uh, I think filter across the entrepreneurial space. And I'm going to launch and I'm going to have a thousand people sign up and all of a sudden I'm going to be a millionaire and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I, just think, I just think that no matter where you are in your business, especially if you are starting a side hustle um, or, you know, your business on the side is you've got, it's valuing the one person that said yes to you or valuing the four people. And I just think I have had clients that have launched and gotten two or three people in and they've been devastated. And I just think it takes, one, it takes time 
Two, value the people that have said yes to you. And three, celebrate every single yes and win. Like it is, it's so important that we don't focus on why didn't I get 500 people sign up? I say that for the people in the back. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I think we do have these false expectations and it's social media, right? We're comparing ourselves to the person who's been in business for 10, 11 years. We're comparing ourselves to someone who went viral and their business, there were a unicorn example and their business just exploded. We're comparing ourselves. We all do it. We're all guilty of it, right? But it is just serving the one person and serving the heck out of them. And so I can specifically speak to a client's example where she really was engaging on social media. She really just did this through her Facebook group, but she had six people in her membership program and she was devastated. And so I told her, I said, Emily, that is X amount of dollars. A, that is X amount of dollars that you did not have coming in that you now have coming in. It could have been zero. And even if it was zero, it's still a learning lesson. But B, this isn't the end. This is not the end. It is just starting. You can take this and launch it again. You can take this and learn from it. I say one of the skills that I see entrepreneurs lack the most is reflection. And And patience. And patience, yes. And consistency, right, right. And it's just if you, like I have a, I was just on a client call not that long ago, and she wants to fill up a beta program for her health and fitness coaching. And I said, okay, well, let's start having some conversations, let's make at least a list of 15 people who you can start having conversations with and re-engaging and connecting. She said, okay. And then later down the call, I said, okay, what are you working on this week? She said, well, I think I'm going to post on Instagram stories and I think I'll just batch create some social media posts. And I said, okay, let's go back to the connections. I say, don't post anything this week. Just talk to people. (laughs) Just talk with people. It's always saying like, you've done that before that didn't yield your result. You did that before you didn't get there yet, right? And it takes having a mentor. It takes being in a program to really say, okay, steer that way or spend a little bit time over here and then pivot. It takes having that mentor, but I would say it is the self-reflection and consistency. But as far as, I kind of got all my soapbox a little bit, but as far as the numbers, yeah, I'm on the soapbox next to you. Okay, yes, please, please. For the numbers, it is just serving those few and it's being grateful and tapping into that gratitude. I don't know if your audience is very woo-woo, but the universe will not give you more if you're not grateful for what you have now. And so it's serving the heck out of those ladies is being grateful for what you have and taking it as a learning lesson. And that even the big entrepreneurs that you see, they have programs that did not fill up. They had, they had, you know, projects and courses that, that flopped. I remember one of my gurus, she said that she was going to launch this amazing course, but then when she did launch it, nobody engaged on any of her social media. And so she retracted it. And so some of us were like, Hey, you're still launching this. She said, I'm moving in a different direction. And she has, she's a billionaire practically. She has multiple millions in her business. Everyone, it happens to everybody. It happens to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that 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 patience is important. And the other thing I just want to say on that is that if you launch or you do something and you are not grateful for what has come your way, it will show. The people Mm -hmm. that have signed up 
don't think that that goes unnoticed, that you're not excited and that you're not talking about it and that you're not doing the surprise and delight because you're disappointed. So I think it's really important to also put that in perspective where you're kind of like, you know something, I am grateful to you who said yes and I'm going to make this an amazing experience. And even though it may not have been as big as I wanted it to be, I, this is an amazing place to start. And the other thing is, is that if you ended up with 200 people and you had major issues and you hadn't tested the content and something was going wrong, then you could potentially have, you know, a worse experience than if you had five or 10 people or two or three people who joined and then you were able to kind of work through things and make sure that, yeah, this works and, yeah, like maybe I need to get feedback on that and I can do that better next time. So every single time you launch, there's a better experience. There is something else that you can do and develop and, you know, create or whatever it is. Like one of my courses was always six weeks and then the feedback was the ladies were like, oh, we would really have loved it to be longer so that we could have gone a bit deeper. So now I've changed it to 12 weeks. But I just think it's you learn and every iteration you evolve. So I think be grateful for the ones that say yes and then take them on the journey. Exactly. Absolutely. Tapping into that gratitude is so important. Yeah, and the second thing I wanted to touch on was courage because, once again, we talk about this all the time as well. And I always say that when you're in a corporate job or working for somebody else, uh, and I was talking to a really, really senior HR leader who has just gone out on her own. So she's been, like, in executive roles in top corporate brands. She's just gone out on her own, and I was sitting and chatting with her the other day, and I said... You know, when we're working for somebody, we've got their brand in front of us. It's not us. It's not our face. It's not our name. So we kind of just get on and do the work because it's not our name on the line. Whereas when you start your own business and you are talking to people and you're out there promoting your services, you've got nothing to hide behind. It's just you. And really finding the courage to step into that I think is super important. And you did talk about the fact that you didn't realise that confidence was a big issue when you started and I was exactly the same. I didn't realise, like, I'm all about business strategy and brand strategy and this is what you, this is how you put it all together and the structure and the steps. Uh, and I was giving clients that and then they weren't doing anything with it. And I was like, what is happening here? Uh, and it was the confidence. It was that even though you give somebody a roadmap, you've got, they have got to step into it and they've got to believe that they are capable, that they have what it takes, that what they have is of value and that they can do this. Mm-hmm. What's been your experience with that and your clients? Same thing, same thing, especially nowadays where everybody has... A business in the whole saturation thing like oh everybody else is doing this they're doing it better than I am my idea is already taken what makes me qualified to do this so many things around imposter syndrome and I and I talk a lot about this actually the main thing I tell my clients is if if you're holding yourself back from working in your business if you're holding yourself from taking the first steps it sounds very cliche but the thing I always say this remember why you're doing this 
and connect the business activities to why you're doing this. For me, it's to get out of debt. I want to be debt free before I'm 30. It is a massive goal for me. And so every time I wake up at 5 a.m., I wake up and I say, I'm doing this to get out of debt. I go live. I hate going live. <laughs> I hate it. I often look like a tired mess because I work my day job and then I come home and I go live. I hate it, but I know I say somebody has they, somebody needs this. Somebody needs to hear this. And I say like, this is going to move my business forward. And so I connect to my personal why and then my why when I'm starting my business, my why for providing the service, my why to show up for women. And I tell myself and I have, you know, the typical affirmations, but one of them is I'm a life changer. I change lives. And all you all, you change lives. Even my podcast manager, she has changed my life because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. It's the little things. If you're a copywriter, you change lives. You take a huge, probably daunting part of someone else's business and you do it for them. You are impacting everything that they do. If you're a photographer, you capture memories that they're never going to see again. You change lives. You're a life changer. You have people, it. yeah, you have people counting on you. You're a life changer. That is amazing. Uh, great. Well, so DL, those were some really great tips. Obviously, we talked about selecting a problem, building an audience, doing the market research, solving that problem through free content as well. We talked about content strategy before, and I know a lot of people struggle with, I don't know what to talk about. So those conversations you have with people will also really highlight what it is they need and what they want to hear about and what you can talk about as well. Um, we talked about offering a paid solution for their problem and then serving them so well that they come back as returning customers too, which I think is awesome. So um, where do you kind of see the world of work and career going when it comes to the side hustle? I have to be honest with you. I feel like the word side hustle here in Australia anyway is almost kind of going out of fashion. And I'll tell you why. Because we've got multidimensional careers now. Like some people do freelancing, plus they might have a corporate job, plus they might have something else on the side. Plus, like there's so many different things that people can do now that it's almost like, well, that's actually something that a lot of people do. It's not just a, a thing that's on the side. It's actually a really prominent thing in their life um, and their career. And I remember Brené Brown saying, this was a really long time ago, she was referring to a book called The Slash Career. And The Slash Career is uh, basically where if I want to make candles, then, and it's really important to me, it could be more important than my corporate job. Or it could be more important than something else that I do. And so we now are in this time where you can have a business, you can have a career. I could be an artist. I could also be a mom and a wife. And I can also be an athlete. And there's so many aspects to what we do. Uh, and it's just part of who we are now. What do you think about that? It's so interesting with you literally being on the other side of the world and those sentiments because I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's the culture here. Interesting. I don't think so. Like, I think about my boss actually. She is a fitness instructor, so she doesn't do anything online. She and she calls it her side hustle, and she does it for the same reason I do to get out of debt. And so I see, 
I see all these women who are trying to make it work. And I think in trying to doing out of financial freedom and just taking like the burden off, I do think that people still call it a side hustle. I think until politically our country just catches up to the burden, the financial burden that weighs on student loan debt and all these other things, consumer debt, credit card debt, and just the way that we live. And then also companies are just not flexible. Like Mm -hmm. several of our companies would not even approve of what do you mean you want to take off from work because you have a webinar at 12 o'clock. Like that, that conversation wouldn't happen at any of my friends' jobs, my jobs, any of my, like my parents' jobs that would, those, those conversations wouldn't happen. So I think on this side of the world, we have some catching up to do. And it's so refreshing though, to hear that it's becoming the norm in some places. Like, and then eventually it will hit here. It, it will just take some time. But I do think that there still is a stark idea between a side hustle and then like your career. Mm. But I was just thinking about on the way home that I'm so glad that I don't have to live up to those expectations, like of having a career and climbing the corporate ladder and having to, frankly, kiss butts to make sure I get a promotion or it's like, I'm in control of my income. That is so freaking empowering. And I'm just, every day, I'm so grateful that I know about entrepreneurship because I didn't grow up learning about it at my kitchen table. My parents didn't talk about it. I stumbled into Beachbody and that's how I learned about it. Like, I'm just so grateful that I know that there is another way to raise a family, to pay my bills, to get out of debt, to serve others. There is another way to do it. And so I'm just really grateful that I know about it. And I hope eventually that here in the States, we can get our act together and, and, and get it together and realize that people just want more freedom and they want just to live more abundantly. Absolutely. Dale, I have loved this conversation. Uh, as many of my listeners know, I, I run a consulting division within a corporate from home, um, I actually really love it. I work for a really amazing business as well as having the Connection Exchange, which really is on equal par to the revenue and the salary and the, and the work that I do. And so I am a big supporter of the side hustle, if that's what we're calling it, um, and women just doing exactly what you said, taking control and being able to make those decisions for themselves as well as serve the purpose that they want to, you know, whether they're passionate about fitness or business or copywriting or photography or whatever it is, I think it's an amazing time for us to be able to have that opportunity and feel empowered to do the things that we want to do. So thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. So DL, if people want to find you, where can they follow you and find you? We will have all your links in the show notes, but for those who are walking the dog or driving in the car, where can they find you? Yes. So you can find me at side biz coach on Instagram, side biz with a Z coach. I show up on Instagram stories daily. I do mini trainings. You can learn all about my free content there. You can learn about my podcast, which is the side hustle with soul podcast. You can learn about there. My amazing interview with Suzanne is on there. Uh, And yeah, I would love to get connected with you all. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I really enjoyed chatting with DL. Uh, I don't know, you know how when you meet somebody and you just kind of feel a connection where 
you're just passionate about the same things and you could talk about the same things for hours on end. And I kind of felt like that with DL, which is awesome. And I think that it's really interesting because uh, I know the majority of my audience is probably Australian. Uh, and it's just a very different culture, isn't it? In the US with the debt that they're in and some of the reasons why they might go into business. And I think that that's a really interesting, uh, I guess, difference between the different countries out there, like there might be different drivers to why people do what they do, depending on where they live and what their experiences have been and what their financial or otherwise situations are too. So I think it's always good to keep those things in mind. But yeah, big thanks to DL. Really loved that interview and that conversation. And so if you enjoyed this interview and this podcast, I'd love you to share it with your community uh, and give us a review on iTunes as well. If you share it on Instagram or Instagram stories and make sure that you tag DL and I, I'm at Suze Chadwick, but you know that I love to hang out in stories as well. But listen, until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.